In a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week I have with me George Kalansis, the host of the Art of Talk Transitions podcast and upcoming author, which is going to talk about his upcoming book and all the transitions in his life. So hello, George. Welcome to our crowd. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Please go right in. Tell us your life story and all the transitions that you've gone through. Oh, geez. Oh. Well, I mean, to be truthful, there's probably nothing more challenging than navigating in terms of uh, single fatherhood right now. Um, but I'll get into that in a little bit. But I would say that uh, the most transformation, transformation transition that I've ever went through really has been, you know, a combination of everything that's happened in the last five years of my life, um, from getting married to becoming a new dad, um, and then taking that in with the change of careers that led to eventually a divorce. And in that process, it was really, I was chasing this, this thing on the surface, right? The, the, the good money, the, the house, all these things that made me think I needed to be somewhere in life. And paradoxically, I had all the things that I thought I needed to have, but I was actually empty inside. And so when life presented me with the challenge of, okay, you have everything, you're empty, but guess what? Everything has come crashing down in front of you. I had to find out who I was for the first time in my life. Because for nearly 20 years, I did everything to prove someone else wrong or to prove someone else except myself. And that even came from joining the Marine Corps back in 2011, where I found something great in myself to, to join the military when 9-11 hit. And then even through 10 years in the Marines, um, trying to prove that I was the best Marine to do all these things. And I, and I had a great career. And then um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I felt lost, like a lot of people in transitions. And so I rushed into everything because I felt lost. And while it was a great time, it also led to, like I said, losing myself in the process. So when I hit rock bottom, we'll say, right, I had to really figure out who the man in the mirror was and what made me happy and what I needed and what I wanted. And that started with hiring coaches, which is Trey Bohan, who has really now become a good friend of mine and a great mentor. Um, and he helped me really pick everything back up. He, you know, he helps men really essentially find their head, heart and balls again. Um, and so I needed to connect all three. And in that process of connecting all three, I started to write and document my journey. And I found some amazing people that helped me in this process. And while I started to write, next thing I know people are reaching out to me and here I am today, you know, um, writing a book and building a business and helping others master their own transitions and then navigating twists and turns of a fatherhood. And you did two of the things that I recommend to everybody going through a transition. And like you said, we get lost. We don't know which way to go, what action to take. But you did two things that I recommend to everybody. One, get a coach, get someone who is, mm -hmm. even if it's just a couple of steps ahead of you, 
it makes the process so much easier. You're not lost anymore. You have a guide in hand. And if it's someone that, and in your case, it sounds like it, is a person of integrity that you then end up connecting at such a deep level that now it's a, it's a mentor and a good friend, then my goodness, score. And then mm-hmm. the other thing that you did was you found something that you didn't even know that you were passionate about. And now it's open up doors to a new career. And that to me is, the, you, you hit two things that, I don't know, was that sort of intuitively or did you have a foundation saying, these are gonna be my two lighthouses. I need to head in that direction. I, I'll have to credit, you know, my experience as a Marine to finding someone to help me. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, David Goggins says this really well. You, you pick from your cookie jar of life, right? So I, I do credit my years in the Marine Corps to be able to pulling myself out of rock bottom because I had, I've already gone through a lot of transitions in life. Um, but I'd say for those who never really experienced tough transitions per se, even though transitions in life are inevitable, it really comes down to accepting your life in that moment. And then that will allow you to figure out where you need to go. Right. Cause everyone's transition is going to be a little different. Right. Is that, is that what you were kind of getting to? Yeah. I was, I was wondering how you found those were going to be your exits out of that rock bottom. How did you know that's what's going to guide me? And yeah, you said it was through the Marine um, mindset that you knew, Hey, I need to look up to somebody that's going to. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I got to get the chills, but so I had a gun to my head and uh, I had pulled the trigger. Um, I pulled the trigger thousands of times as a Marine. And for some reason I sat there in the empty parking lot and I thought my life was over. Like my body went numb, everything was dark. Um, and I thought I like woke up in the afterlife, but I woke up numb and full of tears and, and snots and with a photo of my daughter on my lap that saved my life. And I think the love, the unconditional love of another human being of my daughter actually saved my life. And in that moment, I knew that I just didn't wanna be there anymore. So I was willing to do whatever it took to get to the next place and to show up as a role model for her in my life. Do you think, I say this about myself, do you think that our kids come here to save us and show us the way? I think that is definitely partly true because uh, you can heal yourself a lot through your parenting style, for sure. Mm, Yeah, I I believe that when it comes to any other journey in my life, and I say relationships like marriage is a journey, entrepreneurship is a journey, friendships, traveling. When it comes to parenting, that's the one that will really bring all your demons and wounds to the surface. And then it's your Mm -hmm. Do I repeat the patterns or do I change them? Is that what you found in your own experience with parenting? That's what I'm finding right now, for sure. Actually, I'm just finishing up an article on it and a mini course on boundaries. But I was, I, I tell it like in it, I say like, you know, our, our children are a reflection of who we are, right? And so they're learning about the world through us. And so the way that I handle everything is the way that she handles things. And it's, it's, it's much of a mutual growing process. And I think any relationship is like that for sure. Um, but especially with children's because they really know how to push your buttons, but she reminds me of myself. Right. (laughs) And the other thing that I always think is they know how to push our buttons and they know how to trigger us, but it's a very special relationship because we can't divorce them. I mean, I know that you you could, you could be an absent father and say, look, this whole parenting is a little bit too much, but it's not like other relationships. You can 
break up with your friends, your girlfriend, everything, but your children, you stay there and you stay in that fire that they create for you. And then either it burns you up or it actually transforms you into something else. It is literally the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm with you. I'm raising my hand. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, there's no guidebook. There's no nothing. And people can't tell you what to do or whatever. You have to just figure it out yourself. Yeah, It is what it is. I'm still figuring it out. And I think that the day that I go to, you know, go six feet under, I'll be like, did I even figure anything out when it came to parenting? It's like a day by day, you know, Alcoholic Anonymous one day at a time. And then (laughs) every day is something new for sure. And two households, it's very difficult. Yeah, Um, I I, I saw on your podcast that you had um, one episode relating to co-parenting and how you're handling that one. Would you mind going there with us? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm no expert. I'm figuring it out day to day, but it really does come down to, uh, I have, it's, it's like, I guess you look at it like a business transaction or whatever, right? Like all these things that happen in our life, like we need to keep them separate. And I think we've done a really good job at being able to keep our shit away from her shit. And so when it comes down to that, we have mostly agreed to like, okay, let's only talk about what our daughter is doing, like health wise, school wise and all that stuff. And whatever things we have, we try to keep out of it. And if they do come in because we're human and they will, I'm still freshly divorced almost two years. Um, we just tend to, you know, I usually just tend to cut out the conversation and use a middleman. <laughs> mm, that's smart. Uh, that's smart. Yeah. And it's not easy. And I think I, I'm learning, uh, but it really does come down to boundaries, right? Hmm. And and I think a lot as well of, you know, learning emotional intelligence and how to deal with, again, that's going to be a person that is going to trigger you and you don't really have an option to say, I ain't talking to you again, unless (laughs) Yeah. So in in that, in that reference, what I'm learning is to uh, put all the indifferences aside and say like, what can we do best for our daughter? And no matter what, we're going to have to do this for the next for our lives. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a lot of breath work when it comes to co-parenting. Yeah. <laughs> and this is with someone that we had a fantastic divorce. We had similar um, views of, on how to raise children, but then life changes people and I'm, I'm changing and, you know, he's changing and it is, it is like a partnership that you dissolve and yet you're still making decisions when you're like, well, when is this going to be over? Yeah. That's a, that's exactly what it is. And I, I'm, like I said, I'm learning to um, adapt and grow with it and figure out like that. Uh, where are the, where do the patterns come from and how can I learn from them each time? Right. So. Mm-hmm. Another area that I would love to pick your brains, cause I've never had a guest that had been in the, in the Marine Corps. What, what were your lessons there? And what was the, the journey from getting in to wanting to get out? Oh yeah. I mean, there are so many different things, but I would say the biggest thing the Marine Corps taught me was to take ownership for everything in your life. Right. And so it doesn't matter if it's your fault or if it's not your fault, you have to look at yourself as a human and see where you have a say in this, because especially when it comes to like transitions in life, we often tend to uh, play the victim game, right? Like, oh, this happened to me, or this is happening. Why is this always happening? Or then we tend to make an excuse around a certain thing in life, like finances, health, whatever it is, right? But if we are able to just take a step back for one second, maybe step in between the spaces, do some reflection, whatever, we'll see that we always have a say in something. And when you can take ownership for that, 
you can begin to change your life and rewrite the story. But without taking ownership, you're never going to be able to rewrite your story. Okay. I wasn't expecting that one at all, George, because, and this is from complete ignorance. I thought if anything, when you join a structure like that, you are removing personal responsibility. You are chain of command. You, you get told what to do, how to do it. If anything goes wrong, sorry, I was told what to do. I really mm -hmm. wasn't expecting that's what you learned from your time there. That's so one of the Marine Corps values is, is, you know, honor, courage, and commitment. Like those are three core values, honor, courage, and commitment. And with that comes integrity, but you can't be in with an integrity if you don't take responsibility. Mm. Right? And so that's like a beat around the bush. Like obviously I learned so many more, but that's the biggest thing when people ask me, you know, what did you take away from that? And it's responsibility. And, I, and back to when I said at the beginning, that was what really allowed me to hire my coach and like, look at this relationship, even though X happened and I don't condone what happened, I can look at it and say, okay, like I had a play in this. I want to make my life better. Let's do it. Right. And there's a lot of soil for growth when you face a transition in life, especially when it comes to relationships right? Mm -hmm. Well, you changed your way of living completely. You went from that structure to now I'm a civilian. And then that's when you said that you kind of sped up the process and felt lost and just went into relationships. And I read your article that you sent me yesterday, where it was like, everything was just going fast, just trying to fill mm -hmm. in the void. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was what I was at because I was in the Marine Corps for 10 years. I was scared of being alone. I never gave my chance to grow and figure out what I wanted and relationships, you know, they can numb us. Right. Mm. So, uh, you know, good relationships and bad relationships. So for me, I never took the time to being alone. And I think this process allowed me to be alone and figure out all that. And, uh, when the divorce happened, it, I, was thankful that, you know, Traver helped me look at repetitive patterns in my life. And that was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take responsibility for this and, and, and be the transitional character in life, you know? Yeah. So again, you took ownership. And then once you achieve that awareness of what the patterns are, have you been able to change them now moving forward? Or can we really co-create once we are aware of the patterns? I think I, think I am the transitional character in, in my story, for sure. Um, because in my past, I, uh, I write about this in the book, but I talk about, you know, your past will all follow you along. You can never get rid of it. So when you accept that, which I did, then I had the power to transition this, this story. So my story was parents got divorced. My mom cheated on my dad and my dad was a miserable soul who worked his whole entire life and was like an empty soul because that's what he thought he had to do. That happened to me. Same exact thing. I worked all this stuff. I was never around. I was an empty soul. I was doing what I thought I needed to do. So in that process, I looked at that and said, okay, that does not make me who I am. But at first I had to feel that, like I felt all that and look at the abandonment and look at the rejection and all the things that we never really want to feel that make us feel shameful or guilty or whatever it is. And it took a long time and I'm still working through it because I'm human, but I'm seeing that none of that is who I am. And now I get to change that. Right. Mm -hmm. And without giving the book away, because obviously we have to read it, uh, what is then the, the story that we are going to see in that book? Are we seeing from that moment when your parents divorce or are there other chapters? So the idea behind the book is to teach you that you have nowhere to go in life. And the book is to help you navigate tough transitions. And I do that in a way about talking about every transition I face from childhood into my most recent.
And each one is a series of stories with poems in it that will allow you to find what you need. So it's more of a guidebook for you, depending on how you're feeling and where you're at in life. You can use it at any point. And I, I wrote this book as one for more of a, what started was two years ago, a book for veterans turned out to be something more because I realized something was missing. And in that process, once you realize and accept your story, then you realize there is nowhere to go. And then you can become the creator of your new story with whatever happens or whatever you face. You, you left me quite speechless with that statement, which I'm going to have to unpack. We have nowhere to go. That's kind of against the narrative that we have many places to go and many right. to achieve. So the, the idea is, right, you, you're, we're always trying to go somewhere. But what's the point of life? What's the end result of life, no matter what? Death. And so if the end result is death, life is everything in between. Life is happening right now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but right now in our conversation. Nothing else right now is happening inside my mind except the conversation I'm having with you. Mm-hmm. And I think when we can finally learn to accept that, amazing things can happen. And we can remove the other story that it's, for me, it kind of got triggered right away of, well, if you have nowhere to go, do you bother living life? Like, you know, it's almost like you lose a pur- your purpose, but that's not what you're saying. You're just saying, live in the present. Don't try to keep on running. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the idea is not to have goals or anything. Those goals are amazing. But what I found is that, and even as a coach, is that many people have superficial goals because they think they need to be somewhere or they think they need to be someone. And so in that process, we become someone we're not or we do something we don't want to do. We get in relationships we don't want to be in. And so in this process, I talk about, I did all that. I achieved all these magical things, right? The, the proverbial boxes of life. And in the process of checking off all the proverbial boxes, I was empty. I lost myself. I hit rock bottom. Then I was like, now what? Wait, there is nowhere to go. Like, this is my life. I get to say what I want to do, who I want to be, and create whatever rules I want to create. And that to me is absolute key. And I think that's the whole paradigm shifting that we're seeing right now as the world is being dismantled and everybody's trying to figure out their way forward. It's, it's not about not having goals. It's just figure out what your goals are. And as a person who also identifies as you, like I succeeded at everything and I got the white picket fence and the 2.5 children and everything. And then I looked at it and I went, yeah, okay, I'll take my children. Those are coming with me everywhere. But everything else, all the other success was I never wanted a white picket fence. That was somebody else's idea of success. For me, like you're saying, sitting down to write, having a mission to change the world for a better place. Those are the goals that I am passionate about. The other idea of success just never matched my reality. And when it became the reality, I was like, okay. So like you said, that's when I hit my point of there is nowhere else to go. But that wasn't true. It was just that, I, w- I had gone down or I had gone up a ladder that took me to the place where I didn't want to go. This is idea that the, so the book is a mass transformation. Eventually I want, I want to talk about like rules of life and things like that, but as it transformed and as I, I work with my team, we realized like this, the feeling of what I was feeling at every point in the book, which you'll be able to see was a, a, this lost feeling. So joining the Marine Corps, I felt like lost and I had to change the rules uh, in the Marine Corps. I talk a little bit about that. And then after the Marine Corps, I felt lost. After divorce, I felt lost because I thought I had somewhere to be based on an identity that no one really cared about except myself. 
So I hope that this book will help people really see that when they face transitions in order to navigate whatever it is they're facing, they first have to realize there is nowhere to go because Alan Watts even said that the best, right? He said like running away from fear is, is fear. Being scared is scared. Trying to be brave is, is being brave, right? There is no escape in life. And so when we can embrace that, then we can be the beacon of hope that everybody else needs and even ourselves. Mm, yeah, I was, um, I don't know if you watched this series in Amazon Prime, it's called Utopia. Have you watched it? I don't think so, no. It's really, really freaking good. But there was a moment where John Cusack is saying, um, he's asking people, do you know what humans want? And everybody says, we all want happiness. And he was saying, no, that's not, that's what we think we all want. But what we really crave is certainty. We mm. just want to know yeah. that tomorrow the sun is going to come up. I'm going to be fed. My house is not going to burn down. My we, we want certainty. And living in uncertainty is what really sort of shakes our foundation. That's why transitions, I believe, are we make them so difficult because what is a transition? It's just uncertainty. For sure. Not knowing what's around the corner and saying, I'm going to go around that corner and see what happens. So once we realize that, once we go, and, and I think that 2020 proved that, hey, we huh. don't know what's around the corner, but we're going to go there anyway. That's when life really opens up. And that's when I think you, you're brought back to the present and to, yes, goals, plans, missions are great. And especially when they really fulfill you as a person, but also make sure that you're living, you're enjoying that journey. Day by yeah. Day. You just said the key, like it's fulfilling you as a person, right? Not trying to save others or to take on this identity to please others or to seek the validation. All that's completely normal. We're, we're human, right? Mm -hmm. But the heart of the human experience is to be true to who we are and mm. to, to try to do everything we can to, to be here in the moment. And I've learned that and it, and it took, I'm still figuring it out. Right. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a life process, but um, you know, I, I, I stick to the things that I, I, people ask me about it. You know, I, I do the meditation, I do the journaling, I have a coach, a therapist, I have others in my corner. Um, I train my body, all these things that, we just need as humans. Yeah, 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 yeah. No? I think that those are the ones that whatever comes to life and whatever transition we're going to have to go through, they're almost our anchors and they keep us grounded and rooted. And yes, bring it on. We, we know how to, it's going to be uncomfortable. It may be more or less pleasant, but we can go through this. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely go through it. We, we've just proved it last year, but we've proved it for hundreds of years before this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe maybe it's harder today because we have all the distractions at our fingertips, but we're definitely bred to make it through transitions in life. And what I like telling my clients is don't just go through divorce, but grow through divorce. Like mm -hmm. when you go instead of like, I have to push through this thing to the other side. Instead, you go like, what is this teaching me? What is all this pain teaching me? What is all this feeling of being lost? Blah, blah, blah. Just Learn, learn, because you can turn anything that comes your way into a thank you. This was a gift. I mean, like when you hear sure. saying that cancer was a gift, divorce was a gift, so many um, preconceived ideas of loss and awful awfulness, but then they turn them. We, we can always grow through anything that life throws our way. Yeah. And then some things, you know, might not be a gift. It is what it is, right? Like 
all this stuff. But you're right. It's all about how we choose to see the events and what we want to do with it. Right. Um, you know, my dad is, is, is dying of cancer and uh, I dedicated the last chapter to him. And I talk about the last breath and how seeing him go through this process. Right? We don't know how many, how much longer he's got. He's, he's fought longer than what the doctors gave him. And seeing him go through the process, it's made me realize like, you know, we really can choose to either give up and become the victim or to keep fighting and to really see this for what it is. Right. He has, I think, uh, elders can really teach us a lot about that in life when they're processing that, because they understand like death is here, right. It's coming. So this is who I am. Right. Um, and the transition is a death. So. I've come to the realization that we think that us in the prime of our life, we are the smart ones. We are the teachers, but really it's children and the elder, the ones that are at the two ends mm -hmm. of the spectrum. And we think of them like, just, just shh, be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> those are the real wisdom keepers. And those are the yeah. ones we need to spend more time being quiet around them and listening. Right. Children know how to live in the moment. It's an insane, like they may have their fits and all that stuff, but that's because they're like, I'm feeling something. I'm going to let it all out. And then two minutes, five, 10, 15, however many minutes the fit is. And then it's over and they don't care. They want to play. They want to have fun. They go, you know, um, if they're afraid of something, they try it at least a few times, you know, it, it's amazing. And the same thing with elders, right? They're very just like, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They can teach us how to accept because yep. I think that if they have lived a life of resistance, there's still lessons there, but it wouldn't be like, I don't think that they'll make it to that point where they can calmly sit there and say, you know, I, I want to go like I did in my way, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. that the elders are able to, to teach us that. Yeah, it's amazing. George, we're getting to the end of our time together, sadly. And I always ask all my guests the two questions. The first one is, what is your next great chapter? <laughs> okay. The next big chapter for me is really the book is coming out in August. Uh, and I'm really excited for that. So uh, that is going to be embracing the author and really designing a life around that and um, figuring out what that entails. Uh, so I'm excited about that. That is my next chapter. Yes. Brilliant. And what do you see the world's next chapter? Ooh, I think uh, the world is still figuring that out as well, but um, I hope and think that we are trying to find ways to collaborate more as unity instead of this, disconnect between who I am versus who you are and uh, in ways to like break the old paradigm of uh, the way that we interact with each other as humans or see each other. Not like I am man, you are woman, you are him, her, they, she, like, I think this is starting to occur and, and uh, it's impressive to see. Um, I, we still have a long way to go. It's not my expertise, but I think we're starting to work on that, which is kind of cool. Mm, yeah it's, looking forward to that <laughs> yeah I, like it might not even happen in, the, in our generation but um it seems like people are doing the work more and more than ever before so that's kind of cool to see that is for sure i think that we live in a magical time where we are given the chance to to do the inner work that previous generations could not yeah 
Well, George, this has been amazing. When people want to find you, where is the best way to communicate? How, how can we keep an eye on your book coming out in August? Let us know. Sure. The two best ways you can do that is I, I have my website. It's called theartoftoughtransitions.com. Um, I'm always writing poetry on there and you can find it on, uh, you know, my poetry and, and weekly little flows that I put out. And then um, also on Instagram, which is underscore George Colantis. Um, You can find me on there. A lot of cool stuff I'll be updating in the next few months for that. And I will put all the information in the show links. And thank you so much, George. This was fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. It was awesome. Thanks for having me. And everybody else, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to subscribe and review my podcast because I just love hearing from you. You can also follow my journey on my Instagram account at Divorce for Love and join our Facebook group in the show notes. See you next week.